Welcome to the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Today our podcast is from the Scottish Borders and we have just finished a soil and tillage event. My name is Donald Dunbar and I am from the local uh, SEC consulting office, St Boswells. Our specialist speaker today uh, was independent uh, soil cultivation consultant, Philip Wright. Philip's come up from uh, Boston uh, and to tell us a bit about the interaction of cultivators and machinery metal on the soil. Philip, has been a really good meeting, a lot of interaction uh, from the attendees, some good questions. Um, I'm sure everybody's gone away uh, with their head buzzing now, but if we could just step back through the meeting and just go through some of the um, principles that you talked about at the start of the meeting. The things that uh, stick in my mind are uh, about uh, your points about the pressure on the soil and, and weight. Uh, can you just give us a wee recap of that? Yes, I think, Donald, um, it was really as part of the, the principle of prevention rather than cure um, when you're looking at soils. And uh, if we can at all times try and prevent the problem or minimise the problem, then the amount of cost, money, time that we're having to put into curing it starts to come down. So that's the first real base, I think, for farming anywhere in the world, that's, that's, that's appropriate. But particularly up here where you've got, um, you've got pressures from time, from the weather particularly, from wet conditions, which makes all more vulnerable anyway. And, and if you're under time pressure, you're probably pushing hard when you nearly shouldn't be there. So how we can minimise the, the damage to the soil by, yeah, by two factors. They're, they're, they're linked together, pressure and weight. But out of the two of them, by far and away, the most important is the pressure you apply to the soil because that, that determines how much you squeeze it, how much you reduce its porosity, and therefore its capability to hold water and to let roots through and, and basically become a proper efficient growing medium. You had a great diagram there of um, what is soil. Just talk us through that. Yeah, if, if, if you were to look, uh, it's, a, it, it's very simplistic, but it, it, it's, it splits soil into its major components. The, clearly the, the texture, the sand, silt and clay content, plus stones, of course. Um, and if you add to that the organic matter fraction, then that forms really the, the, the solid part of the soil. Uh, there's a lot of biology in there, there's a lot of natural activity that goes on as well. Um, but it, in essence, that's, a, that's about half of the soil, and, and the other half should really be pores, should be open pores. And, and they fall into three categories. We didn't talk in great depth about those, but you can see the very largest of pores. They're visible to the naked eye, macro pores, but there are two others, the, the meso and micro pores, that you can't see, but they nevertheless hold on to water and nutrient and, and allow biology to, to thrive and also allow roots to get through. And, and if, if they're in a 50-50 split between pores and solids, then we've got the capacity to hold on to air and water in equal amounts in the pores and we've got the solid fraction, including the, the nutrition that's there and within the, bio, uh, the organic matter to, to actually allow the crop to, to, to produce your profit, basically. So the um, problem is compaction. And 
the, uh, the effect of the air being squeezed out. And, and you had some details about that in, in, in terms of yield reduction uh, and, and, and the, how, how significant it can actually be. Yes, it, it's, it's, I've struggled to find, because I try and base all my presentation work on, on scientific findings really, um, peer-reviewed preferably, but I've struggled to find detail particularly on specific things such as drilling tractor uh, areas and, and these are significant as a case in point because a lot of the growers up here would use a, a power combination probably three meter machine or four meter at most but if you took a three meter and, and you were pulling that with a tractor with let's say 710 wide tires on 710 millimeter wide tires so both of those are going to com compact potentially an area of about 75 centimetres, three quarters of a metre each side, so one and a half metres in three, it's half your farm that you're, that you're trafficking. Um, so it, it, it is significant. If, if, as I found on, on doing some independent research, because I couldn't find any science, looking at the effect in those wheelings, um, the effect on yield being anything of a reduction from... 80 to 85 percent of, of if, if yield in the non-traffic was 100, that would be down to 80, 85 percent. So, you've a, on average, a 15 percent reduction in, um, in yield. So that's seven and a half percent across the farm if you've got that three meter wide machine. So it's hugely significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once you get on the headlands, it, it's all just multiplying with the. the Correct. If if it's a. Uh, a mounted piece of kit, the, the weight is going up when you, you come out at the end and you turn. And so headlands are a, a real area uh, of, of potential damage, yield reduction. Correct. And I, I think that going forward, that, that might influence the farmer to treat the headlands differently to the rest of the field in the end, on, you know, if you real attention to detail. Because basically it might only be the headlands that need it, the rest of the field. Yeah, so it's almost... Uh, sowing the, the bulk of the field first, yeah. come back and address the issues that yeah. you've created and, and then sow yeah. the headland, if, or, if you can. Yeah. If, or if, you or, or if, if, there was a, if it was damaged, it might only be the headland that needs correction. It, the rest of the field might be in pretty good order. Yeah. That, it's getting the spade out and looking, really, and, yeah. and making a judgment. Then. We did get the spade out. We had the spade out in the field. We went up to a field, a, a winter barley stubble, and uh, we split the group into uh, four teams and, and they went for a dig. And we asked them to go and have a dig in some of the stubble where there has been no tracking, no tram lines, no traffic from the combine or, or the grain trailer. Have a look there. Then have a look into one of those wheeling marks from an operation, whether it be the combine, and then have a look in the tram line. And uh, we saw some very clear differences it was it was a nice way of kind of getting some messages across yes i, I think it was good that um if the first hole they dug in the undisturbed in the undamaged part of the field because it gives you a it, you can start to benchmark if you like when you're digging you can feel the strength it takes you can feel the effort you put in so that if that's a good part of the field an undamaged part that visibly the crop has looked good in then when you come to dig a, a, a wheeling or a, a tram line, you can feel a big difference, or you, if, if the, the relative difference becomes more understandable. 
a lot of it's just just getting a feel for it really um, so for example in the body of the field porosity was very good the structure generally was very good there were nice little aggregates little stable aggregates it, it was in good order basically mm. and, and you could see lots of roots there were there were no distinct layers where moisture was being held up or there were greater or the big differences in moisture there's nothing like that which was a good sign um, visible porosity was good and then um, we went to a, a combine and, and harvest trafficked part of the field which clearly had, had, had been compacted but the extent and depth of the compaction when we dug it I think surprised most people they, they were two of them in my group actually said oh, I'm surprised it's not deeper than that given the conditions and everything and mm -hmm. uh, partly down to the, the kit that's been used track combines and, and clearly Jack has got attention to detail when it comes to trying to minimize the problem um, Nevertheless, we could find a, a depth in there that was no more than, I would say, 12, 13 centimetres of, of quite significantly compacted below where the soil was crumbly still. And, and the, the Jack then asked um, crop that's coming was, was oilseed rape, which he uses a, uh, a reduced um, a min-till system of, of establishment. He doesn't, uh, he, he just basically is a one-pass machine and the depth of the loosening tines would clearly be enough to alleviate that. Um, and we, we, we then moved to a, um, a trafficked area with, with uh, combine and, and baler damage and, and dug in there. And the levels of, of, um, of, of damage weren't that, weren't that deep. Uh, again, easily manageable with, uh, with a kit that's used on the farm. And I think it, again, surprised surprised people how relatively shallow it was so that was positive and, and then we the final area we looked in was it was a tram line that had been loosened um, only very recently and and we we it was useful to dig in there because we could see uh, that the loosening process had been effective it was above its critical depth as it's called um, and it, it, it only really threw up one question was to was as to whether they needed to have gone quite as deep and uh, that, I think in the context of, of, of everything we found, that, that might well be the case. We were on, we've been after a, a relatively dry season, really, haven't we? And, and that, that, that's minimised the really deep issues. Yes. Yeah, no, I'd, I would say so. The, uh, the traffic through the crop, fertiliser, sprayer, the, the conditions have been good when they've been going through. And it's, it's just more recently we've had quite a bit of rain. I think what was impressive, you know, we've had 40, almost 50 mil of rain just in the last five, seven days, but how well that, that, that uh, yes. uh, the, the good parts of the field had just taken that moisture, it was, it was clearly good structure, the moisture was getting through. Absolutely, and, and no, no big concentrations. So it, it is, it, it is a, the most, um, it, it's the best time to dig straight after a rain. I mean, it, it, it can sometimes, on, on soils that aren't as permeable, it can sometimes throw you a bit because they do take a little bit of time to lose you know, saturation back down to field capacity. Um, but in this case, yeah, yeah very good. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. We, uh, so we did a little bit of digging in the field. There was some questions about organic matter. Now, uh, earlier on, 
you had a, a, a good slide which showed as organic matter increases in a soil, the ability of the soil to resist the pressure increases. Uh, I thought yes. that was that was really you know a good good slide there. Yeah, it, it's something that um, soil resilience is is directly linked to organic matter levels, and when you've got a, a higher level of organic matter, then you can traffic that soil with higher pressure and do no more damage than a lower organic matter soil you, you would traffic with, with reduced pressure and, and do more damage because it just hasn't got that spring in it. I think that's the best term. I can, yeah. It's that re bounce back after, after that compression. It's got a spring in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we definitely noticed in 2012 was a very bad year in the borders and the, the farms that had... Um, uh, a rotation which had a bit of recycling of uh, organic matter going on, whether it be a grass rotation or, or just uh, with crop residues, the, the soil was more resilient. You could see th they stood up better to the weather. Yeah, I think that's that's a general finding. That and uh, if there's one, you know, if there's one big persuasion, persuasion to, to for me to sort of put the farmers, it's it's. If you can just hold on to that organic matter, then you, you, the whole job becomes easier. Yeah. Um, and it can be challenging on certain crops in the rotation where you subject the soil to a lot of aeration because it's oxidisation that, that basically burns it off, yeah. mineralises it. And, and if you riddle soil through webs, if you're harvesting, or if you, if you, when you're cultivating to bed form or something, and you, you're giving it a lot of a lot of pulverizing, aerating action that 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 naturally reduces organic matter okay. levels. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the importance of uh, good chemical management of the soil, and when I say, I say chemical, I'm, I'm meaning nutrient uh, status, the pH, the P, the K. You know, generally farmers are good at that. Um, they're getting better, I think, at getting out with a spade yeah. and having a dig, having a look at that structure. We included in the pack today the uh, visual uh, evaluation of soil structure guidance notes, and, and that helps give the farmers a, a, a template to work to to have a dig themselves, identify where the compacted areas are and how bad that compaction is. So that's a useful uh, tool. Yes. Um, but um, in terms of the biological, we probably haven't really got there yet in, in, in having a measure, but. But what we did highlight was organic matter, getting your organic matter measured to give a baseline, to know where you are uh, and, and do it once in your rotation cycle and do it again in five years time or whatever. So you know if, if things are changing, but do it in the same time of the rotation. So that would be a loss in ignition for the organic matter. There's also some tests coming in now that uh, give you an indication of the soil microbial activity. And uh, one of those uh, is uh, the CO2 burst. Uh, it's measuring respiration for, from the soil, uh, incubated soil. And the other is potential mineralizable nitrogen. And there you are, it's a proxy measure for soil microbial life. So what we do is we take a soil sample, we incubate it for seven days, and we measure the difference in that mineralizable nitrogen. And that's giving us an indication of the amount of microbial activity in the soil. So it's something that we, we are 
uh, increasingly doing. And, and I think that that's another step for a farmer if he wants to find out more about what is going on in his soil. The third thing I think the farmers can be doing is counting worms. It's, a, it's, it's nice and easy, it's not expensive, just get out there with your spade, have a look at the structure, count the worms that you have. And, and what we suggest is a 20 by 20 cube of soil, dig it out with your spade, break it open and see what you find. And you, um, big worms, small worms, but worms, this is when you start to realise there's lots of different kinds of worms. Uh, and, and ones that will pull organic matter down into the soil, others that tunnel. Uh, uh, so, uh, so three simple things to do if you want to take it to another level in terms of soil yes. biology. Yes, uh, I, I think you made a very good point to the group, Donald, where you said it's good to, to get yourself some benchmarks, some, some initial figures, so that, that at least then if you try a different system, or you, you, your system changes or, or your techniques change, then you can start to track how these things alter. Some might go up, some might go down, but if, if, you, if you've got some benchmark figures, that's, that's a brilliant start. I think for me, I, I, w I would definitely recommend that every time. If, if it's possible then when you're doing comparisons to, to do it at similar times of the year, that's good and, and preferably at similar cropping times in the rotation so you, you're not sort of throwing another different set of circumstances at that level then at least if you start to see an average increase or a decline you, you can it's possibly you can start to make some sense of it that is good it's a good technique so we came back from the field and we had some static equipment in the steading uh, and, and we had a bit of a walk around. Some of the farm equipment, some equipment that had been brought in. Um, and tyres, that was another uh, area for discussion. Uh, and we had some very good examples of um, uh, very cutting edge uh, technology in tyres today. Yes, yeah, I think uh, good, a really good spread. Uh, we, we had... We had um, different degrees of flexibility in the carcasses we ranging from a standard radial to a intermediate if intermediate flex to a very flexible carcass on 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 different machines and uh, one of the tractors the, the the new one on the farm has has actually got uh, central tire inflation on there so you can basically alter the the inflation uh, from the cab so he can set his pressures he can, he can put a range of pressures in his memory in the in the in the controller in the cab, and then he can he can basically alter them just by using the the, the air brake compressor facility on the tractor. And, and subsequent to that, they've they've actually organised that the tyre manufacturers um, regional representatives come today to to add his knowledge. Uh, what they do is they bring a weigh cell and they then weigh the the axle loads, having ballasted the tractor correctly for each application, they then determine what those axle loads are and then the representative can, can come up with a schedule of, of safe pressures that the, 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 the farmer can go down to. Um, which it's safe in the sense that it's not going to damage the tyre. Correct, yeah. As, as low as possible for minimising soil damage um, and also uh, fuel economy as well on soil. Uh, and, and then as, as, as low as possible also to minimise the damage, yes, to the carcass, so that 
and that this is really where the, if, if the manufacturer is involved if you follow their recommendations clearly they're going to be safe they're not going to want you to do something that's that's going to damage their their, their tire and their reputation but I think that was a good take-home message um, from about tires if you're thinking on uh, planning on a new tractor speak to your tire man and he knows uh, what your kit uh, if you're working with mounted kit and you've got to be able to carry weight um, and, and the width soil type all those factors yeah. because probably the easiest way to reduce the cost of a new tractor is to put cheap tires on it absolutely and I, I, I think the time as you said and uh, it, when you're doing the deal on the tractor that's the time to agree the spec of the tire and that wants to be to suit your your circumstances um, and manufacturers understandably all fit an economic Mr. Average tyre, they're bound to because it, it, it's, it's from a production cost point of view but if, if, if you get that, if that comes home on the tractor and it's not ideally suited to your circumstances it's quite an expensive job to change that afterwards. Uh, it's certainly a lot easier to do it before the deal is struck, put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I, again I, I like the manufacturer to be involved because their recommendation is as safe as minimally safe as possible and that's very important um, you know I, I push farmers every day of my life to, to reduce their pressures to safe minimum limits and I appreciate there are times safety wise where you can't do that you can't go down the road at 50 50k um, with a full trailer and expect to run at field pressures it would be physically unsafe um, so there's the need to be careful about when you when you set your pressures but for the critical operations and, and in, in, in my view the most critical operation is drilling uh, followed closely by because of the frequency of passing of the tractor the rolling as well but hopefully that, that probably isn't quite as frequent but it's still important um, and, and any secondary cultivations any seedbed cultivations that are done when soil is vulnerable in other words when it's loose or when it's wet so if you've got ploughed land that's going to be seedbed cultivated, that pass is going to be quite, it's quite easy to, 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 to do damage at that point. So all of those passes would, would, in my view, require as low as possible pressure. If you're primary cultivating deeper ploughing or subsoiling or, or um, even deep tilling, the, the machine that you're dragging behind you is more than likely going to take the effect of those tyres out so it would then be important to set them at the optimum pressure for, for traction for fuel economy yeah. again your tyre people can, can, can advise on that so we had a range of kit in the steading uh, we, had, we had asked them at the start of the meeting what, what they were working with just to get a feel for our audience there. Uh, and, and it's split fairly evenly down the, uh, what you might say, traditional plough uh, combination, one pass system, and, and people who are going down that mill and tillage route. So we had uh, a, an audience which has covered the range, but we also had kit that covered the range. So we, uh, we had some, uh, we had a combination drill, we had a cultivator drill, and we had a strip drill. And then we had uh, a range of some of the cultivators as well. Yes. And that was good to be able to get around and, and make, re-emphasize the points that you were trying to make 
when, at the beginning of the meeting? Yes, because I, I tried to sort of go through some basic principles of, of how metal interacts with soil and, and, and different angles and, and, and then to, it, was, it was useful to be able to show that and, and show, for example, the lift height on the loosener wings on the, on the, on the, on the cultivator. Um, and to put that into complete perspective by digging in the field and seeing how that had worked as well was, was really good. So yes. I think it was a, a, quite a nice sort of rounded session that, yeah. So Philip, thank you very much for uh, coming north and uh, uh, sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, it's been a great meeting. I'd also uh, must thank our host, Jack Parsons of Merton Estate, uh, for allowing us to uh, hold the meeting on his farm, but also for uh, providing the equipment uh, and then the displays. Uh, that was very helpful. And we also uh, had a bit of support from uh, local dealers, uh, Lloyd's, uh, of Kelso and uh, Claydon uh, just to give us a, a little bit more spectrum of uh, the kind of kit that's, that's commonly being used. Um, there was an information pack put together for this meeting and details uh, from that pack can be found uh, on the FAS website. Uh, we covered the uh, visual evaluation of soil structure. There was a uh, technical note on soil biodiversity and uh, a, a more recent update of the phosphate and potash recommendations. And these are now being produced for regional areas and the one in today's pack was for Lothian and Borders and it gives updated information of the soil uh, phosphate sorption capacity and this is the ability of soils to hold on to that phosphate and not release it uh, to the plant. Uh, so further information available on the website. That con concludes our podcast. Um, I hope you have found it useful. And uh, Philip, uh, thank you very You're much. You're welcome. No, thank you very much for asking me. It's been, uh, been a good group. There have been some good, some good questions and some, uh, some good comments, both from uh, the more traditional farmer and also the, 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 the Mintil type farmer. Uh, and, but both, I think, engaging quite well in terms of what they can get out of it and prevention rather than cure and things like that so yeah it's good and I think the, the vest the, the, the visual uh, examination source structure is for me is a really good guide um, as a benchmark again to give a grower just a starting point as to what he's looking for because um, a lot of the time that they just want some basic sort of visual aids to, to, to show what is expected to be good and what is is less good structure and that they're, they're tremendous those because it, it just adds consistency so the most low-cost thing you can do to help improve your soil is to buy a spade absolutely and get out absolutely. and have a dig absolutely every time